Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now, here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much again for joining me this week. My motivational quote today is by my partner in crime, actually, who's going to be on the show today, Stephanie Banks. And the quote says, and I just love this, life is a magical expression of profound possibilities. Have you ever experienced a profound change or trauma to your physical body that actually caused a change to your way of thinking and feeling and maybe thusly how you live? Stephanie Banks is the author of The Soulful Awakening, great book, and she will share how her profound physical trauma impacted not only her life, but the life of so many folks actually around the world now. Stephanie is going to explain how she was enlightened by her accident and how the physical, the horrible physical trauma allowed her to channel her guides through journaling. Um, are you ready to be transformed and inspired as Stephanie shares with us stories about many people uh, she's been able to help for them to get in touch with their angels and guides to find answers that were actually already within them, and she was able to provide some clarity. Let's stop, stretch our minds, and listen to these powerful stories that may help us transform our lives and actually help us change um, and ultimately grow. This is Stephanie's second time on the show. I'm just so excited to have her, and we have a special show in store. Uh, We're actually doing something a little bit different that I've never done before, and so get ready. Um, As we mix things up, I'm challenging my comfort zone big time today, and we're going to have some fun. So, Stephanie, thank you so much again for being on the show. Awesome, awesome to have you. Thanks, Connie. It's great to be back. Okay, so just for those that didn't listen to the other show, although you should go back and listen because it was very insightful, uh, this show, just do a quick overview of the book, A Soulful Awakening. Um, Amazing book, by the way, guys, and you can get it on Amazon, and I'll give you all the information at the end. Um, So just do a brief info about that, the book. Okay, sure. I know that we're sort of short on time, but – just quickly, the book was a result of a mountain biking accident that I had in 2012, which was a near-death experience, and I write all about it in the book for those that are interested. Um, and the result of that accident and that near-death experience was that I came back to this realm with a, um, a clear connection to the non-physical realm, meaning that I was now able to channel our guides, teachers, protectors, uh, you name it, all, all those amazing, wonderful, energetic beings that live um, just outside our, our grasp, um, our three-dimensional grasp. And, and through that connection, I've been able to channel amazing messages that have helped transform and shift um, not only those around me here in my own community, but now worldwide um, and my intention behind the book when, when I chose to put it out to the world in conjunction with my partner um, was to really help people look at their lives from a different perspective and a new vantage point and um, to hopefully heighten their awareness of who they are and why, why they're here, what happens to us when we die and that kind of thing. So the book is really a transformational tool um, for those that are ready to transform their lives. A transformational tool. I just love that. You know, um, Steph, just from being on the show, you know, a few weeks back, my shows, it's not, it is about sharing information, of course. That's what these podcasts are and that's what these these, um, uh, taped shows are about. For me, though, I don't want to just share information. I want people to walk away with a tool to be able to say, ah, that's what I need to do to change my life or transform my life or change my perspective of how I think. So I love that truly it was a transformational tool. And there were so many things within the book that you go, oh, my God, I got to do that. Or, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Oh, that's why I feel this way. That makes sense now. So it's those aha moments that I think help us find clarity on how we need to become better in the world that we live in right now. So my next question to you, through all of, and you've done many, many of these channeled messages, um, and it's international because in a, in a bit we're going to have um, someone on who actually is in Arizona that has been connected with you. But anyway, I don't want to jump ahead. In the channeled messages, are there some prominent lessons that resonate for you? 
always, there's always prominent messages and, um, um, just to entice you a little bit, I did sit down this morning and I received a very short, very short message for you that I think will also be very uh, inspirational to our readers. And this is something that I, I find with all these messages that although they're specific to that particular individual, we are all living the same um, lessons and, and we're here to learn the same things. And um, when you boil everything down in life into you know, some simple fundamental truths, those lessons are all the same. You know, we're here to learn about our ego and how to manage our ego. We're here to learn about judgment and fear and anger and how to live through love and compassion and um, how to address every situation in our life as an opportunity for growth as opposed to something that's going to hinder us and set us back. So um, these messages can transform all of us no matter who they're for. Specifically speaking, obviously, uh, for the person who's receiving that message, there's going to be something that's really um, important for them to hear at that particular time. But generally speaking, there's always something to learn. And we learn through each other all the time. So, you know, when we read somebody else's message or a segment of somebody else's message, there's something in that for us as well. Otherwise, uh, we wouldn't be there listening to it or they're reading it. Okay, so yes, and I agree with everything you just said, but I'm still stuck on you have a reading for me. I'm freaking out because this is just everybody, I had no idea that she had a reading for me. I had, now I want to do it now, but I know we can't. We have the, the program set, so I won't deviate because then it becomes a chaotic mess, and I can't have that either, but my heart is racing right now because I did not ask for a reading. I would never put that on you, and, you know, that you have a reading for me, I'm I'm. I'm freaking out. Listen to me. I'm speechless. For everybody that knows me, they're going, Connie, speechless? What? (laughs) (laughs) So I can't wait till we get to that. Oh, my God. Okay. So now I have another question for you. I have to refocus here. Are there any side effects? And I know there's no bad side effects, but are there any side effects to you physically or mentally after you complete, you know, doing a reading or, or, you know, that you start journaling? Um, Fatigue? Are you energized? Uh, You know, how do you feel? Well, I'm just, I'm in a, I'm in a different space. I'm in a, I'm in a more peaceful space. I'm in a more connected space. Uh, Steve, my partner always tells me that I, I'm just uh, generally um, a, a happier person. Not that I'm not happy all the time, but we all have our moments, right? So when I'm, hmm. when I'm focused on writing and channeling and uh, make it a daily practice, it influences my life uh, tremendously. And, and I think that's the point of meditation. And for me, writing, channeling is a meditation. And so when I take the time to do that, even 10 minutes this morning for, for you, I mean, 10 minutes is really only a page and, and a quarter. It's not a lot. But that connection is enough to set my course for the day. I never have any um, – my energy level doesn't deplete ever. I don't feel exhausted or tired. It's, it's the opposite for me. It's just always a fantastic, wonderful experience. Do you do you channel every day? No, I don't. Not this time of year. I work uh, 14, 15, 16 hours a day in a landscaping business. And uh, to be honest, I'm oftentimes just too exhausted. I write this time of year when I feel the overwhelming urge or when, when people have requested a message and that seems to go in spurts. So maybe one week I'll have five messages and then another couple of weeks will go by before I have a request for another one or two or three. So I never know exactly when I'm going to have a request from somebody through my website for a message. Um, but when I do, I, I'm so excited because I, I just know the impact and the potential of that message that's going to have on somebody else. So, and then I'm grateful for the opportunity to be forced to sit and write, really, because when somebody's searching and wanting for, needing something like that, then I have that responsibility to make the time to fit it into my schedule. That's awesome. And you benefit as well. When you don't have someone requesting or you don't have that overwhelming urge that like this morning that something came through for me that you had to sit down and do that. Um, and, and Steve was probably yelling at you because, <laughs> because you, you, what do you call it? I call it procrastination. Like my husband, you said something before, what do you call it? It's not procrastination. It's I do everything in perfect timing. <laughs> perfect timing. I'm writing it down. Perfect timing. Yeah. So I'm I'm 
beyond impressed that that came through this morning when you were trying to get not only get ready for work, get to work, but also get ready for the show. Um, when you don't have a channeling, you know, or a reading for a week or two, do you miss it? Do you find you long for it? I do. And in that case, I will sit down and write. And oftentimes I'll reserve it for the weekend when I'm not so rushed in the morning. And mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll take time to sit down and write because I, I do. I love that connection. I love hearing what has to be said. And, um, and, and I mean, every message that I've ever received, and now I probably have hundreds, you know, if not more, there's just so much um, opportunity in there for growth. And, um, you know, as people express to me that have received the messages, oftentimes they'll take that message and they'll work with it for an, an extended period of time. Um, really trying to get to the depth of it and what is in here for me to learn and shifting your perspective multiple different times while you're reading a message so that uh, you can draw everything that can possibly be drawn from that message and apply it to your life. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And And it forces you almost, again, to go into that medita- meditative state. So it's a win-win, not only for the folks receiving the reading, but for your own health and well-being as well. So that's, that's kind of a cool, um, cool thing. So that accident was worth having. <laughs> no, that sounds so weird. It, no, right? it, was, it was totally worth having. I mean, I can't yeah. express um, – I really don't have the words to express the feeling that I get from being able to share something so treasurable to another person. I almost, sometimes I almost take it for granted. You know, you and I have joked around before that I'm not a, I'm not a tech person, but I have this, you know, I just have such an easy time connecting to the non-physical realm. So, so much so that it's easier for me to do that than it is to deal with some stuff here, you know, in real quote unquote real life. And, um, but I, I always have to come back to myself and remind myself that this, you know, this is a, a gift that we all have. And that's why I'm doing this. I want people to understand that this isn't just me or, you know, multiple other people around the world. We all have the ability to tap into the same source if we are open to the possibility that that can actually happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, Greg Wodinski is going to be on from Arizona, and he's going to share his personal story of the reading that Stephanie did for him after he found her, um, he listened to her radio show, found Stephanie, and felt compelled to reach out. So he's going to share his story uh, with us as well. Okay, and then we'll come back. We'll, We'll finish up with Greg. A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Stephanie and I could talk about this stuff all day long. So how about if we mix things up a bit and hear from someone who has experienced a channeled reading from Steph and hear about his experience firsthand. So I want to welcome Greg Wodinski. Did I say that right, Greg? You did. Thank you. Awesome. And Greg is from out in Arizona. So we have just about every corner of the Northeast. Well, just about, right? Arizona, Jersey, and we have Steph on the line with um, BC Canada. So we're, we've got all, uh, all uh, angles covered. All right, so Greg, our question, Steph and I question to you is, what prompted you to originally contact her? And I, I guess, how did you find her? That might be the first question to start with. Yeah, well, um, I, I've always had a curiosity about um, things that are the paranormal and, you know, afterlife and so on. So I tend to listen and read a little bit of unusual media and, and things of that sort. And uh, just a few months back, I happened to uh, stroll upon 
uh, NDE Radio, which was a podcast uh, by a gentleman by the name of Lee Whitting, and he did an interview with Stephanie, and I listened to that. And uh, shortly after uh, listening to that interview, I um, contacted her uh, the next day and, you know, requested a reading. I just felt uh, it was something that uh, I, you know, needed to do. And I can't explain, you know, exactly what uh, that out of many other things that I've listened or read, you know, prompted me. But um, that's how I got here. Was there anything going on in your life that you felt the need to have another perspective, let's call it that? Yeah, um, certainly, and and that was one of the things. I'd recently just um, bought a few books around near death, and I was in the middle of trying to read them And when I heard the interview, and one of the things that have been going on is a few years ago I lost my father, and although I think I put that behind me and, you know, made peace with it, I still had some questions. But as I had told Steph in um, a discussion we had uh, during my reading was that I had two experiences when I was younger, uh, one when I was younger and one recently when my father died, where um, I felt that I was being contacted um, from the afterlife. One was my grandfather uh, when I was a young, uh, young man, about 18. He passed and came to me in a dream the evening that he passed. And when I woke, we got a call that he had passed. Wow. And, and my father, when he passed, um, I didn't know that he died for a few days due to some uh, complications in getting in touch with me. And uh, when he, when uh, I did actually know about it, a few days later, um, I was telling Steph that I was in a parking lot going to get a coffee, and the parking lot filled with the smell of patchouli oil, which was my father's signature scent. And that happened twice, once in a restaurant and once in the parking lot with no one else around. So I felt that that was a sign as well. So when all that was on my mind um, and with uh, uh, my my father-in-law, who has been in hospice care, he just passed uh, recently. And so that was kind of all those things were kind of culminating and um, causing me to have a lot of interest. Yeah, and first, I'm I'm very sorry about your your losses. Um, you know, the, it's always raw, so I I do my sympathy for that. Um, now you said when you were 18, did you just kind of poo-poo it as if, eh, you know what, weird dream, that's it, or were you intrigued from 18 years old, or you didn't think about it too much later, like now as a, as a grown man? Oh no, I I did think about it, but I think like a lot of us, you know, you get busy at that time in your life, you know, and mm-hmm. other things start to happen. You have your own family and so on. But, no, I did I did treat it as a paranormal uh, experience, and it put me at a great peace when my grandfather died. And and then I had thought about it over the years, um, but not in, a, in such a way that it moved me. Um, of late, uh, particularly with the reading that I got from Steph and some other things that have happened, it has actually really started to move me in midlife to uh, treat the things that once got me, let's say, sh- I would struggle with, I've had less of a struggle now. I, I think mm. it's starting to um, help me formulate a new path. Interesting. And I want to hear about the new path. Can, I, I, how old are you? Can I ask that? Yeah, I'm 51. Okay, so you're my age group. I'm 53. Okay, so midlife, you, you see things from a different perspective clearly, which which I totally get. What did Stephanie tell you? Were, were you surprised? What did she tell you? And then were you surprised by the reading? Let's let's go with that that angle. Um, yeah. Well, there's two things. One is um, when we had our call, Stephanie mentioned that she had gotten a second message, um, which was a little bit unusual. Um, so she had done my reading, waited a few days, and right before we were about to read, there was a little addendum to that reading. Um, so that that was a little bit uh, different. And so, of course, that surprised me. Um, and as I read it uh, and reread the reading later on, um, I just it, it, she had felt that perhaps there was something that else that needed to be said in that short time that transpired. But what um, I was told essentially was what first got my attention was uh, it said that you know I was on a road to healing and recovery, and that meant something to me. Um, 
an emotional, you know, healing and recovery, um, and, and a maturity, I guess, an emotional maturity is what it, it meant for me, and uh, as opposed to um, a physical ailment of some sort. And um, it went on to say that there is a real afterlife, and I think that kind of confirmed what I was always suspecting. And several of the things were along those lines that, you know, the afterlife is real, that there are people or beings, spirit beings that are there to help us, and um, that I need to become, you know, more self-aware of uh, my dark side and, and kind of bring it into the light, and that, that will help me in my journey and my maturity, spiritual maturity, so to speak. So that, that was, um, I think, part of it. And I think that one interesting thing that I had, uh, made a note of uh, was that uh, the, the person that spoke was Ruby. And I, if you've read Steph's book, I think that's yes. a key person in that book uh, yes. that she's communicated with, stated that um, death and rebirth occur in the same instant. And so the soul rebirth as well as death you know, are really one in the same instance. And um, and then the addendum that came towards the end, and Steph might have a, you know, comment on that because I I've been still I wouldn't say struggling with it, but I've had to reread it because I think the the it's an esoteric kind of description, but it was a description that um, that people or beings we all have a bubble of awareness, and it kept talking about bubbles that surround us like a like a sphere of energy, and that these spheres interact energetically amongst uh, people and, and at, you know, in a spiritual um, realm. And I didn't under, quite understand, you know, what that meant, but perhaps that was uh, saying that we in some ways are um, communicating with one another in a subconscious manner through, through these, you know, esoteric kind of energies. So uh, that's, that's what uh, basically was the, the, you know, uh, the message, which was to, um, you know, rely and help, ask for help when you need it, um, that the afterlife is real, and that, um, you know, there's little to be uh, feared, and that and that fear holds us back. And I think it's, that that's what's helped me, you know, in, in some of my things, even with business and with work, um, you know, where I would get, uh, I find myself more confident and less worried about outcomes. Um, I'm still responsible about what I do, but but having this other uh, perspective and this knowledge has put me at a much greater ease for some reason. I can't quite explain it. Well, you have faith, I think, so that you're not you, – we overthink. I think we overthink everything we do, especially in the business world. So I think that when you have this reading of, you know what, there is a higher power out there at work, and there is protection, so to speak, all around us and guiding us so that don't don't be so intense all the time. Kind of lo- loosen up a little bit because, you know, it unfolds the way it has to. <clears throat> I have a couple of questions. First one, what do you do for a living? <clears throat> I'm in the technology. I'm in the IT field. I'm a, a systems engineer for a large uh, IT company, and so I do uh, sales-related work, but I'm the technology side of the sales team, so to speak. So this is funny to me that you're a tech person because, Stephanie, right, you and I are clearly not. And, and Steph, you have to share your very humorous comment that you said before we, we went live. What did you say to, to both of us about the technology and the, and the readings? <laughs> well, I, I was just making a comment that I have a much easier time connecting to the non-physical realm than I do to anything to do with computers. So it just goes to show you that it's a big world. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm laughing because look who we're talking to, the IT guru over here, right? And we're the clueless yeah, no. wonders just dialing in for this stuff. So that we just, I had we no just need idea. to keep Greg, Greg around, that's all. <laughs> I'm going to put him on my speed dial, I'm telling you. Here's the funny thing, though, Greg, with what you do for a living. It's so scientific and precise that you even had the inclination to look at a perspective beyond our normal world of what we can see. I'm in, I'm really impressed that you you had the ability to look for for or seek a different perspective, especially knowing what you do for a living. That's kind of cool. Did you did you grow up in a very open-minded uh, family? Um, not particularly. Um, as I'd mentioned in preparation for the call, I grew up um, on the East Coast in the New York area, and I would say we were you know um, not particularly 
a hip family, you know, um, in any, <laughs> any sense of the way, you know. Um, but 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 on the other hand, we weren't, um, you know. I would say there was a certain, you know, room for, uh, you know, growth. You know, I mean, there was, uh, and and I, I, and it's kind of interesting because. I always used to tease, or I've said to my wife, I used to tease about a grandmother of mine. She um, used to bring over her old copies of the National Enquirer and leave them on the on the, the kitchen table, and I would read them while I was eating lunch or having a snack or something when I was eight or nine, ten years old. And I think that is what got me fascinated with the you know other, even if those stories weren't true. It, it, it kind of opened up my mind, you know, to the fascination of uh, some other things. So um, I've always kind of had, you know, kind of drawn to that. But, you know, as we grow up and as certain parts of our life happen, um, I think I mentioned you kind of move away and you become more material about things and you, you're trying mm-hmm. to acquire an education and a home and a family and so on. And you tend to sometimes, you know, leave some of those other things behind and as we start to, I think, get mature again um, in midlife, you know, uh, and we start to see people leaving us, you tend to have um, a slightly different, you know, level of wisdom and perspective and hopefully uh, for the better. Yeah, well said. And, and I agree. The, the ebbs and flows in life. But as we age, I love every every decade of my life. I look back and I see the value of each of those decades and they're just so vastly different. But I think the one I'm having the most fun in is this decade, my 50s, because I guess your career is, you know who you are, you're, you're well, you're expert in it so that it, it comes easy to you. So you're more confident in that realm. And I just think you can lighten up and have a little bit more fun because things are kind of organizing on their path. And, and I agree, as we start losing people, especially when you have, um, you know, friends that are in their 50s passing, which is so odd because that's not a normal occurrence, it really does open you to this other realm of thinking. I do have to ask you one more question. You mentioned your dark side, to open yourself up to the dark side. What does that, when you read, when you, when you got the reading and you read the, the, the transcribed notes from, from Steph, what did that mean to you, the dark side? Well, you know, I think that's part of confronting um you know, your fears, right? And part of that is I'm still sitting here, and when you started asking me that question, I I don't have a, a simple answer. You know, I think it has something to do with things that I've uh, subconsciously, you know, put aside, maybe some things that I'm not uh, quite dealing with. So um, perhaps um, still not forgiving some things or some people in a certain way. So I I think I need to uh, spend some time on uh, kind of asking myself and having that dialogue with myself as, you know, life is occurring around me um, and I'm lying asleep at night, you know, asking myself, you know, what what might I do different, you know, that um, is perhaps holding me back still, you know. And so so that one um, I'm trying to figure out because, of course, it it is, um, you know, I, I... it is, I guess, a mystery because I think we all try to pretend that we don't have a dark side, right? We all think that, Absolutely. Uh, you know, what we're doing is just fine. So Absolutely. I think it's TBD, but, uh, you know, it's a work in progress, uh, and, and I think um, part of it is just accepting the fact that you do have a dark side, and then from, perhaps from there you can move towards uh, lightening it up. Yeah, it's funny when I, I train um, sales classes and c- customer service and coaching and all of that at different corporations, and I always say, like, you think you look at someone, you think, oh, they got it all. Everybody's got demons. Everybody's got something they're working through. Everybody's got some kind of hole in their heart or sadness. You know, it's life, but yet you have to keep moving forward and you have to keep trying to make yourself more whole or more better. I know that's such bad bad grammar, but um, everybody's got something. So I, I like that you're still figuring out what that dark side is, because we do all have demons, and if you think you don't, you're nuts, because you do. Yes. Um, Greg, um, we, we have to take a break, and our, believe it or not, our little segment is up, so I, I feel like I could talk to you all day as well. And I just want to make one more comment. Um, first, thank you again for taking time out of your day. But the that we work in, and, you know, Stephanie and, and her brother are landscape owners, so we're all business people, and yet we have 
this other side of our thinking. You know, you have the corporate, like you said, the corporate tech, you're dealing with sales folks, and then you have the spiritual side. And to think that they're separate is crazy. (laughs) And to think that it's not there, I think, is a little crazy. And I hope that your um, candidness and and, um, vulnerability sharing your story, I hope it resonates not only with females but with males to say, you know, is there more? What is more? And how can I become you know, better, stronger, you know, more inclined to do better in this world. So thank you so much for your insights. Um, fascinating, just absolutely fascinating and, and a clear description. Steph, you have anything else to add before we allow Greg to go back to his real life? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, uh, I just think that um, Greg is a, a true testament to how um, spirituality can span across all sectors, all all religions, all uh, walks of life, and you know you don't have to be spending 24 hours a day uh, meditating in a convent or in, on a mountaintop or or somewhere to be a conscious human being that wants to live a more conscious life. So I think the real um, underlying lesson here for all of us is to um, try to incorporate. Um, this kind of living into our everyday life in whatever uh, fashion that may be. And in every moment of every day, there's an opportunity to express ourselves in that way, in recognition that we're all one, we've come from the same source, we live through the same source, and we return to the same source. So it's through recognizing that connection to all that is that we can incorporate these kinds of things into everything we do, whether it's as a computer tech or whether it's a yoga instructor or whether it's a stay-at-home mom, doesn't matter. It's everybody is inclusive. Yeah, that's well said. Absolutely well said. Greg, would you like to add anything else for the folks listening? Uh, yeah, just just want to say thank you for having me. And, uh, Stephanie, thank you for uh, the reading. And I do appreciate having a chance to tell uh, my side of things. And I, I would – certainly encourage anybody that is looking to develop themselves you know professionally um, and to take a look at the spiritual side because it may be that single thing that is holding you back and I and and you can bring it to the table and incorporate it in what you do because as a leader in an organization you know you want to uh, have your um, you might say your, your technique or your style be you know prevalent and therefore um, you know being a good person and being open-minded isn't necessarily something you have to uh, share in terms of, you know, a particular set of words or sentences, but rather kind of is reflected in your overall behavior, how you treat people, um, how you uh, handle situations, and, uh, you know, you can kind of set an example without actually making people feel uncomfortable that you're pushing something on them. Absolutely. Well said. And, again, you start from your end. Steph will start, start, start up top, and I'm going to start on the East Coast. And we're going to meet somewhere in the middle. We're going to change. We're going to have, this is going to be our momentum of change. <laughs> right, exactly, and it takes all yeah. of us. So It does. It really does, right? It's a, it's a unified front, so we'll just keep bringing it in. Um, Craig, thank you so much again. Um, have a great day, and thanks so much for being on. Okay, thank okay, you. Okay, we're just going to take a quick break, and then Stephanie and I will be back. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman, contain that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back. We just had Greg Wodinski on, and he shared his remarkable story about um, the message from Stephanie and how it has changed his life. And the thing that intrigued me the most, Steph, was that he didn't have anything 
traumatic per se going on in his life right now. And yet after listening to the ND radio and hearing your story that he felt compelled to pick up the phone. So it, you know, I always think that people are in a grieving stance or in a, um, traumatic or life-changing kind of turning point in their life that they would seek the reading. And here we had Greg, who was actually the opposite. It was more of a a curiosity and an inner um, desire. I think that that kind of pushed him, right? His gut feeling made him call you. you. So that was kind of cool. So thank you, Greg, again, for, for being on. All right, shift gears a little bit, Steph. I want, I, we have to now talk about my reading. Because <laughs> I'm reading. <laughs> okay, so how do you how do you want to do it? Do you just read it to me? Now, guys, this is honestly, I, I don't know anything about this. So do you want to just read it to me? You tell me how to do Let's just this. read it. Let's just jump right, right in. Go ahead. And, and, and then can I ask questions? For sure, you can do. This is your show. You can do whatever you like. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like being in control. Woohoo! All right, go ahead. I'm listening now. Can I? T- I'm going to so send that to me so I don't have to take notes. Absolutely, I okay, will. Okay, and, and it is it is short, so you know. This okay, isn't, cool. uh, This isn't a this isn't a full version. That's for sure. It's a little okay. um, starting point. Uh, I'll just skip my. Whenever I do a message, I always sit down and I give my thanks and my appreciation to the universe and our guides and teachers. Um, and I do a little intro. I'll skip that. I will send that part to you. I think it's in respect um, to all those around us that we can't see. So it's important. But I'll skip right into your message. So Love that. Um, yeah. interestingly enough, this message uh, ended up coming from uh, one of uh, my guides, who now I guess apparently is one of your guides too, which is news to me, Saul. And Saul came to me uh, in about 2013. And he's um, quite a quite an amazing guide um, and I was somewhat surprised to see his name at the bottom of this message so this is what he had to say blessed are you and all that you feel touch and experience the wings of change as they say are spreading to degrees that you cannot imagine with your mind's eye no matter how determined you may be to see your every move before heading in a new direction although you are prone to trust in the universe your higher self, your connection to source energy, there are still missed opportunities as you bypass those unmarked hidden trails. What you miss, you may not notice because your eyes are so intently focused on the road in front that the side roads seem to go unnoticed. There are endless possibilities by which your life could and will unfold. Why limit these possibilities? My intention for bringing this information into your field of vision is merely to give you the opportunity to shift your perspective to that of one that will be more encompassing. Refrain, if you can, from dismissing so easily the things that seem unimportant or unrelated to that which you are focused upon. Keep your attention vague, if you will, open to suggestions by the subtle signs that lay in your field. This is where magic is created. And then I have an acronym. And when I got the word envision, or sorry, imagine earlier in your message here, um, imagine was spelt capital E, M-A-G-I-N-E. And I almost scribbled it out, which I don't ever do. Um, I write as it comes out. And then at the end of this message, I have this acronym. So uh, imagine spelt with a capital E, envision magic, and Gaia is never exclusive. Saul. So to me, just briefly, this message is a reminder to all of us to pick up on the little, the little things, the signs along the way, the little cookie crumbs, as I like to say, that, that could lead us in various directions. And when we become so focused intently on going in one direction and one direction only, we miss the opportunity to um, to explore other avenues. This okay, wow. I'm 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 uh, guys. I'm just trying to process for a second. So here's here's my my gut response. Thank you, Saul. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am extremely focused. That's that he kept using that word, which is so true. 
and I call myself the pit bull. Um, when I have something that I feel I need to do, I become a pit bull and I become so focused that I forge forward. And someone said to me once that my whole persona is, is any, and this, it was a chiropractor, and one day we were just chatting, and he said to me, if I put a brick wall, this is who you are, Connie, this is his democracy, he said, if I put a brick wall in front of you and I give you no tools, you will find a way, to, and I tell you, you have to get to the other side of that brick wall. Come hell or high water, you'll find a way through that brick wall. I said, absolutely, if that's what I'm asked to do, I will do. So I become so focused and intense that that's a great reading because I, I think I am open, but am I open? And that I guess I'm really not. So, wow, I'm my heart. When I tell you stuff, my heart's racing right now. The other through the other thing that I'm freaking out about is the imagine part. My my logo, Whitman and Associates. It's my word that I chose um, for my little logo on the W is growth through imagination. So oh, that. Yeah, that kind of just freaked me out big time because I labored with that with the person who was helping me come up with my logo and what the little slogan was going to be. And, and I kept going back to, but I think if we can imagine it, it'll happen. Even though growth or imagination almost sounds more technologically than sales, right? But I kept mm-hmm. telling the person who was doing this, but it's our imagination that drives us. It's our imagination where great things happen. So he's telling me, stop being so focused and I guess look back at my imagination and look back at those side roads that I I probably get so focused on in life. I am a very diligent, focused individual and I guess that's not always a good thing. And my other takeaway um, is I've had, I, I go to my angel lady, Karen, who's also been on the show and my angels keep telling me that I listen to my gut, which are the, my, my guides around me. I do listen, but I don't fully listen because I still have to analyze what they're telling me, and I overthink everything. And I think that's because I was raised by an engineer, <laughs> my dad, yeah. who's an engineer yeah. and, and teaches us to be logical and all of that. So everything you just read is dead on, and Wow. Wow. I, well, you know, when you we, when we talk about you focusing on your uh, your imp, your impulse, and you know, when you think about uh, Greg, what led him to find me was him following his impulse to mm-hmm. listen to that radio show at that time and to send me an email and to go through with that. And these were all impulsive things. It wasn't pre-planned. And it's okay to have goals and, you know, to, I, I think it would be um, naive to think that we could just drop all that because we are human and we're still living this physical experience. But beyond that, we are spiritual beings and we need to find a way to trust in our higher self that our higher self can see so much more than we can see with our, with our mind's eye. And imagining is the first step to envisioning something. And when we envision something, we can see the magic. And when we see the magic, then Gaia source is never exclusive. And what that means is that we can create everything that we want that we need, that we feel we want to include in our lives. And with that um, respect for our higher self and that trust and belief to work in conjunction with our logical mind, all these things are possible. Everything is possible. And that is the biggest thing that I want people to take away from this is that you can do anything that you can imagine. Everything that has been created has been, in ma- has been imagined and envisioned yeah. at some point in some yeah. time. So yeah. why not you right now today? Yeah. That, well said, just well said. And, and yeah, I have to, I have to lighten up. And what I mean by lighten up for me is yes, continue to be focused, continue to have my driving goals. Cause that's just how I'm wired and I want to achieve better. I want to become better. That's just how I'm wired and who I am. But on the same token, what am I missing by that narrow vision and, I have to work on that, and wow, I'm 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 overwhelmed right now, and and I I hope that's not coming through as weird to you guys, but I'm beyond overwhelmed, and my mind is racing. And with that, we have another delightful uh, person that was willing to come on. Uh, Steph was actually a personal friend of yours. Um, Greg was not. Rebecca is Rebecca Advocate, and she's coming on and sharing her personal story of how Stephanie has helped her 
process grief and made her uh, be in a good place and is actually uh, paying it forward. So I want to welcome Rebecca Advocate. So, Rebecca, thank you so much for being on with Stephanie and I today. Thank you so much, Connie. And uh, we're, we're very excited. Um, we had uh, a gentleman on, Greg, who was on one of the, uh, the earlier segments today, and he shared his story. So I'm just so curious and intrigued as to your story. So my first question is, what prompted you to contact Steph in the first place, and how did you find her? Um, Stephanie and I are friends. Um, oh. we see each other every now and again. We don't hang out an, an incredible amount together. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I had, um, had a really quick conversation with her and, you know, just mentioned to her that I was having a hard time with <clears throat> my father's passing. Um, I'm sorry for your loss. and uh, thank you. Um, and then it just seemed to me out of the blue, I got a message from Stephanie that she had received a message from my father. Um, and so wait, when so you didn't shared, contact her. You, so Rebecca, you didn't contact her. Stephanie actually contacted you. That's right. Wow. Okay. Go ahead yeah, I never, I never sought her out to ask specifically for a reading. Um, I had hoped for one, and and then an, another mutual friend of ours had shared with me a reading that she had had from her mother um, through wow. Stephanie. And so when the message came to me. Um, it, it meant that much more to me because it was, oh, the, the entire message was everything basically that I, I needed to hear at the time. I'd been living in grief for a couple of years and would find myself crying almost daily. Um, wow. that I just, I missed him so much because his death was, um, very sudden and, uh, I, I couldn't, I was just having a really hard time coping with it. So when I received the message, it brought the the biggest sense of relief that I ever could have um, received. What did the, was it the message itself, or that Stephanie had the reading without you even asking? So, or a combination of both? It was definitely a combination of both. Um, the message itself, uh, it spoke to me at such a high level, one that I didn't even realize I had um, any idea of comprehending. But it, it, the message I understood so clearly, and as soon as I received it, I just had a sense of calm and relief come over me. Um, I, My sadness for my dad's death was something that I didn't expect was going to happen. I didn't think that I was going to... Um, miss him as much as I did. And um, as soon as I got that message, it just, it made me think that now I, I was still with my dad and that he was still with me. And it was just a different way of being together. So you, so the loss, the loss that you were feeling, the broken heart, I'll use, I, I don't know that that's your word. That's my word, but your broken heart in yeah. essence you it, it almost not that it's ever repaired, but it was it was in 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 a way, right? Am I most, yeah. That right? And, yeah, and, definitely. It's sorry, go ahead. What I was going to say is, what can you share with us? The message that w was actually sent to you. Um, well, it was a really long message, and the gist of it was um, just that my dad was there, and that he. Um, reminded me of my two children and their strengths and why they're in my life as well and that I need to be there for them, um, mm. that both of them would be, you know, happy and successful and that I wasn't to worry about them, um, that where my dad was right now, uh, he needed to move on from where he was and that my grief and my tears were keeping him on a plane that he didn't he could he he didn't want to stay on but he felt he couldn't move past that because i was holding him back wow good father here i'm laughing because even past right even though with with his passing he's still giving you good fatherly advice <laughs> like stop yeah, definitely. start paying attention to your kids be present with them they need you um so i'm yeah. just giggling because isn't that but isn't that a father's love right so how remarkable yeah. a message just from that context forget about anything else 
And that that's right. the other the other thing is he wouldn't move on until he knew you were okay. Again, talk mm-hmm. about a father's love. Wow, that's intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Can yeah. you share some of the other aspects of the message that first you knew it was your dad maybe that that clearly like only he would know that or just the whole um there was no language in the message that made me think that it was my dad my dad was a good old boy he was very reserved we didn't talk a lot at all but we just spent time together Mm -hmm. um so the fact that there was that much clarity in the message and and the kind of language that he was using it to me, it didn't sound like my dad. My dad would never have talked like that, but to me, it felt like my dad. Don't you think that all the time that you spend, because some, you know, think about people in our lives, just, you know, beyond family members, but other, you know, clients, what have you, you meet them and they don't, they don't talk very much. And you think, wow, that's weird. Cause I'm a talker. Mm-hmm. I love to chat, right. I love people. Well, some people are just much more reserved in how they approach you know, other humans, right? So, but that doesn't mean that what he was feeling for you was, wasn't there, right? Even though he didn't verbalize, mm-hmm. everybody can't verbalize what they're feeling emotionally. So mm-hmm. I think what you just said is really kind of cool that even though it wasn't his words, quote unquote, cause he didn't say much, but that it felt like him. So that's kind of cool too, in, in its own way. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. Now, now, Steph, I have a question for you. So you had this reading. You clearly knew it was for Rebecca, right? Um, did, were you surprised? Were you relieved? How did you feel getting this reading, especially because you knew Rebecca? She was a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing with the messages is that I can never really determine how or when they're going to come. They just, I just get an overwhelming urge and know who and when I need to write, and that's what I go and do, and then... I deal with, you know, delivering it later. The important thing is to get it out onto paper when um, the feeling strikes, so to speak. So with Rebecca, I knew that she was struggling through our mutual friend. And um, I just got the urge to write her this message. And when I did, I just then felt a huge urgency to get it to her. And just a deep knowing that this is what she needed to move past the death of her father and having lost my own mother at a young age, I understood the pain that can go along with that. And, you know, not always am I able to connect to somebody who's passed away. I've, you know, um, received many messages from people that have passed away, but sometimes somebody will request a message from somebody who's moved on, but I won't necessarily actually receive a message. So um, I consider it uh, a blessing to be able to do that and to be able to give somebody really something so simple yet so profound that can move them to a point of clarity and recognition um, that there is life after death and that our connection with the people that we've lost is still very much prominent. It's just a matter of refocusing our attention and um, becoming aware of our level of vibration that we're um, coming from and living from to be able to access that ourselves. And that is my ultimate goal is to help people get to this point themselves where they can connect to these people that they've lost without somebody like myself to be the intermediate. Absolutely. Great teaching them. So back to you, Rebecca, do you feel that you have the ability now to let's just, uh, in my words, talk to your dad when needed, whenever you need it now? Uh, yeah, for sure I do. I, How? Um, uh, I just, I never feel um, without him. Um, I live out in the country, and um, shortly after my dad died, we picked up this beautiful piece of property along with my dad's dog. <laughs> and um, my dad always <laughs> lived out, he, he always lived out in the country himself. And uh, it, it, you know, things just sort of linked together. And now when I look back at it, I just think again, you know, there's my dad smiling down on me and mm-hmm. assuring that his dog is still going to have a good home. <laughs> and a place to run, right? Freedom yeah. to run. Yeah. yeah. Do you talk to him daily, Rebecca? Uh, no. no, no, I don't. Okay. Um, you don't feel the need? I, no, I don't. I don't, um, I don't worry about him. I don't, um, like, I, I'm excited about, you know, 
his travel now, basically, if I don't know how to say it, but I'm, I, I just have a sense of relief and I have a real calm now when I think about him, I still have his pictures up in my house. I still look at them daily and, you know, I might glance at them and think, I love you. And, and that's mm-hmm. the extent of it. I don't find myself traveling down my road now to my house, <clears throat> crying, wishing that he was there and that he could see this place because I know that he can. And he might have I, even have guided you to purchase the lands that you well, purchased. I think I, that's what I believe. I really think that he had a hand in it. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. Uh, it just, it wasn't a piece of property that was listed, that was for sale. Um, it's not like we could afford to buy bare land, but everything just sort of worked its way out so that it happened. Wow. That's cool. Mm. Do you, do you find the, the, that sense of just crying and realizing I'm crying or has that passed since the reading? I don't cry anymore. That's what, so you I, feel more, more joy. Most definitely, yeah, yeah. I don't think I, I, I don't think since I got that reading, I cried anymore. The last line of the message said, "I love you, dear. I kiss that tear." Oh, and yeah, um, that was, you know, and and then to me, it just felt like then he could soar, and I don't want to feel responsible for holding anybody back, whether they're here or not. Of course, and um. Yeah, it's uh, no, it, it's completely changed the way that I deal with grief now, and it also changes the way that I hear other people going through their grief. And I'm able to, I I have found myself a few times I've shared that story with people who've just lost somebody close to them, and as soon as I tell them and let them know that you know it's just a different way of being with that person, you're still with them, you're still together, nothing can ever break that bond, that. It, it, it's helped other people as well. It's it's so cool, you know, that whole pain gets forward that from your, you know, grief and this horrible, you know, situation, circumstance, and that then Stephanie steps in, right, has this reading. Clearly your dad needed you to know this. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to go, he wanted to go rock on wherever he is, right? Yeah. So that, and, and, Stephanie, right, out of, out of the love, out of her heart, was able to help you, and then you pay it forward. And we were just talking uh, a, a while ago about the whole, you know, again, Greg was in Arizona, you guys are in BC, I'm in Jersey, but changing the world one person at a time, it really is possible, right? And here you are paying it forward as well with people in your um, circle that you come in contact with who, who have lost a loved one. So it's all good, you know, it, it really is. It's all good information. And I my definition of everything that you guys are doing or that you've shared or that Stephanie is sharing to me it's just it boils all down to love right mhm mhm yeah. yeah so i i think that's kind of cool um again we have to we have to take a break before we do Steph would you like to add anything to what Rebecca has um you know spoken about and 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 telling her story well i i just uh i guess i have a couple of quick things to add and one is um, when it comes to um, the language that's spoken um, one of the things that stands out to me in regards to all the messages is that there's an air of ancient wisdom that goes along with the messages no matter who they're coming from and I think once we leave this realm and return to the non-physical realm we're so there and so connected we're not living through the same kind of vocabulary that we're used to um, here on earth and we are um, able to access um, this information you know as if it's second nature or I guess first nature would be a better way of describing it so I found that with myself that when I write I know when I'm writing when I'm channeling I know what I'm channeling and it's all in the wording of things and I could say something a one you know a one sentence line that has the same meaning and depth as that same line that's coming from um, a guide or the non-physical realm and it's the way in which those words are put together that creates a resonance that is able to shift and that's what I find about the, the book um, A Soulful Awakening is that those messages are able to shift and transform simply in the, the way that 
the wording is put, if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, the ancient wisdom. It's clarity. It's simple. It's clear. And it's it's very direct where we add more than maybe we need to, right? So it's clarity. I think you're talking about clarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's how it's put together that, that creates that transformation. And it's taken me about almost two and a half years to figure out what is it about those messages that is creating that shift in people? And why do I receive messages from people across the globe that have now read the book? It's 143 pages. How is it possible that a $20 book can create that much of a profound change like it did in Rebecca and in myself with my own mother? And that brings me to my second point is that when you are able to acknowledge the fact that that person has gone from the physical realm, but still very much present in the non-physical realm, you don't feel that urgency and need to talk to them every day like you mm. do when you're still living in that world of grief. And I think, you know, when you think about life here on earth, you're, you know, you may have friends that are so close to your heart that, that, that bond is unbreakable, yet you may only talk to them once every year or twice a year or, you know, that kind of thing. And you, you just always know that you can pick up where you left off. And when you get to that place of true healing, deep healing, where you know that you're healed and you know that that person is still very much available, you don't feel that constant urge to have to connect with them on a regular basis. Yeah. It's almost an exchange of energy on a regular basis without words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's exactly, kind of, because as we talked about with Greg with that bubble, right, that yeah. bubble that he was talking about, our energy field, that those bubbles aren't just, you know, those energetic bubbles, for lack of a better word, aren't just um, uh, physical beings that have those bubbles. It's everything. It's everything in that unseen world is, is always interconnecting with our own energy fields. And when we allow sure. that energy to come through us and, and out, like you say, it comes through us, and out to the rest of the world and then just by doing what we're doing we're spreading it to as many different people out there that are willing to absorb what we're sharing and then and then if they allow it to to filter through them and back out into the world we can create the change of which you seek yeah that's uh, well that was well said to me and rebecca i think that's what you were saying in essence that you felt your father even though the words weren't his it's not about the words it's about the energy that comes from the words that's right. Yeah. So I well well said on your part as well. Um, let's take a quick break. Rebecca, again, thank you so much uh, for being on and taking time out of your day and for sharing your story because I know that was a very personal story. So thank you for that. And I hope the listeners um, appreciate the core message that healing really is a phone call away. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> for, yeah. for those that can't go knocking on Stephanie's door that live a million miles away, that literally is a, <laughs> a phone call away. All right, everybody, this was a truly inspiring show for me. I hope that you learned something or took something away. I know I have some work to do, right? The Architect of Change is going to be working as well. Uh, I hope today the conversation provides some framework for you guys to go out, explore change, uh, and maybe change some things in your life or look at things from a different way. And I hope that this conversation has been impactful. I want you to contact uh, Stephanie if you feel the urge, as as Greg did. Um, And you can go to stephaniebanks.org. And I'll spell it. It's S T E P H A N I E B like boy A N K S dot org, um, and you can request. There's a form, right, Steph, that they fill out if they want a reading from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then the book oh, "Soulful Awakening" is available on ballboapress.com, Amazon. Barnes & Noble, and, of course, through the stephaniebanks.org site as well. And one last thing for authors, spiritual teachers, people who, um, yoga instructors, whatever, um, if you're trying to reach out to other radio shows beyond mine that you're listening to um, to get your message out there, uh, Steve, Stephanie's um, husband, partner, was able to do a ton of research for Stephanie and put together this awesome ebook uh, full of radio uh, shows that are 
perfect venues for you guys getting your messages out there, whether you're an author and a, a spiritual leader, a teacher, again, anything that you want to uh, get your message out through, great venue. So, Stephanie, what is that link for them to um, go and find that ebook for uh, as a resource of help? Well, right now I can just give you an email address. We don't Perfect. have a website set up. This is very new in its uh, first stages, but um, quickly the idea behind it was to give everybody out there an opportunity to reach out and start spreading their own personal message, which will um, lead to change around the planet. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of time to find uh, radio shows. And what Steve did is compile a really uh, inclusive list for um, and made it available through this ebook. So you can email him directly at the radio interview contact list at gmail.com. If you have any problems with that, feel free to contact me through my website and I'll redirect it to Steve. So it's the radio interview contact list at gmail.com. And everyone, I will post on my on the Web Talk Radio website where you download the show, I will put stephaniebanks.org info and I will put Steve's ebook for anyone looking for that as well. Um, when Steve shared, he and I have been corresponding as well. Um, you know, when Stephanie's out in the field, literally in the field digging. <laughs> so Steve had shared the ebook and you know, my mind's always thinking that here's this awesome resource. We have to get it out there. So, um, again, it, it's a resource. I'll, I'll provide that info on the website as well. Um, we're, we are out of time. So, again, Steph, thanks so much for being my awesome guest and, and truly my new friend, and I, I cherish that. And thank you for my awesome reading. I can't wait to get it in hard copy, and I will highlight it and make notes on the side because I am that nerd um, that will break it down. Uh, thank you again. <laughs> thank you so much. It was fun. It's always yeah, a pleasure. And, and, and I'm honored that, that Saul felt compelled um, to channel through you. I'm, I'm truly honored and blessed. So thank you again. Um, thank you all for joining me. You've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful, exciting, and an inspiring week. I look forward to seeing you all again next week. Thanks again. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't.